Hey, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're glad to have you with us here today in the House of Faith. I want you to get ready to hear some good things, not from me, but from the Word of God. And when you open up His Word, you can expect to hear from Him. This is God speaking to you. His Word is alive and will speak to you. And you can hear His voice. I tell people all the time, especially those who are despondent, concerned, I don't hear God speak. I say, read the Bible. It's God speaking to you. Learn to hear his voice on the inside. You don't have to expect to hear something out here naturally with your natural ears, but he will speak to you through that still small voice on the inside, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And what he says to you here will always sound like what he's saying to you in his word. Before we get into the scriptures today, let me give you the good report on the good things that are happening right here at Legacy Church. We have been involved together in our buy up and build out project. Those of you who've been tracking with us over the last, well, almost a year now, uh, you know some major changes taken place in our life, mine and Sarah's, our family, our ministry, We've moved from Fort Worth, Texas. We're now in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. Look it up. You'll probably have to. You'll find it's just outside Colorado Springs. And this is a dream come true. This building that I'm sitting in right now literally is a dream come true. The Lord led us to this place. And the good news is Legacy Church is coming. Sunday mornings will be here very soon. A lot of work to get done still. But we're in this 30,000 square foot facility that the Lord led us to. We've purchased it. We're on a 151 of the most beautiful acres you've ever seen. And it's, it's just the goodness of God. We've released faith together for $100 a square foot in this 30,000 square foot building. That would enable us to pay this entire place off and build out the sanctuary to the place where we can start having Sunday morning services. We're making awesome progress. As a matter of fact, before the end of last year, we crossed over 20,000 square feet paid for. That's two thirds, man. We are on the home stretch now. And the good news is that if God can get us that far, he can get us all the way and he can do the same thing in your life. Don't be discouraged about where you're at. Just look back for a minute. Are you further there than you are? Uh, the, sorry, are you further along than when you started? That's what I'm trying to say. And if you are, that's the goodness of God. And if he can get you this far, he can get you all the way to where you're going, all the way to where he's destined you to be. So if you want to be a part of this buy up and build out project, we invite you to get on board with us. Help us build this platform that will reach the nations. That's what this place is about, a local church with a global call. If you want to be a part of this project, you can give several different ways. You can give uh, via text. You can text LTV in any dollar amount to the number 28950. That's going to go right into the buy up and build out project. If you'd like to give online, you can visit us at www.legacychurch.com. Dot family. And there's uh, great information there about all the good things that are going on at the church, building progress, pictures, videos, all that good stuff. And you can give online there if you'd like to write a check. If you like licking envelopes and stamping them, that's fine too. Use that address that you see right there on your screen and get on board with us. If the Lord leads you to be a part of this project, do it, but do it in faith. Do it believing that every seed produces after its own kind. So whatever God has called you to buy up, whatever he's called you to build out, sow into this and believe that the same good things that our good God is doing in our lives here, he will do in your life there. Father, we thank you for the giving of the people. We ask you to use their seed into this ministry as an open door of access to go to work in their lives, cause them to be blessed and increased and multiplied. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you've got your Bible, I want you to go with me again on today's broadcast to the book of Psalms, the 23rd chapter. We began a new series on Legacy Television last week called Restoring the Soul. We're going to see what the Lord has in His heart about our souls and what He wants to do in our souls. We're going to see that in Scripture today. But if you missed last week's broadcast, get caught up with us. We talked about Jesus, who is the shepherd of our soul. And many people fail to realize that they are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You can think about it in these terms if you want for the sake of what we're talking about. Spirit, soul, and body, that's heart, head, and house. (laughs) The heart of you. And I know a lot of people use these words interchangeably, but when I talk about your heart, especially if you're born again, I'm talking about that, that recreated heart, that spirit of who you are, where you are alive unto God. The head or the soul, the mind, the will, the emotions, a lot of people have no idea how to live out of the spirit and they're forced to live out of their soul. And because of that, if their soul's not in good shape, then their decision-making process and the place they end up in life, they look around dissatisfied, discontent. It's because the soul itself is perhaps not in the shape that God created it to be in. But you've got to recognize you are these three parts, spirit, soul, and body, heart, head, and house. That's what this body is. It's the house that that your spirit and your soul live in. And many people sometimes in the name of living by faith have decided that the soul just needs to sort of be forgotten about that you just, you ignore all that and pretend that doesn't exist. You know, I'm not moved by what I feel. Well, that's a good way to be. But if you're going to try to ignore the soul, then what you're doing is, in effect, ignoring a whole third of who you are. God created you like this. God pieced you together in this way. I mean, you think about somebody baking something or making something in the kitchen. What if they decided to leave out a whole third of the ingredients? That thing, whatever it is, is not going to turn out right. Well, if you try to ignore a whole third of who you are, you're not going to be healthy. You're not going to be strong. Now, you don't want to live just solely out of the soul, if that makes sense. You don't let your emotions drive your decision-making. We, we, uh, we, we draw that from a different place, especially those who are born again and filled with the Spirit, but that doesn't mean we get to ignore the soul. In the book of Psalms, the 23rd chapter, we looked at this last week. Look at it again. The Lord, he said, is my shepherd. Because of that, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. These words have been used to to communicate and paint a picture of perfect peace. This is such a peaceful environment. Think about it. The shepherd has led his sheep and he makes them to lie down. That means rest, even for the body, is important and it requires hearing from the Lord when he says, hey, you need to go rest. You're pushing yourself too too hard. You're pushing yourself too far. And when the body, the physical body gets tired, when the physical body gets hungry, there's a fix for that, right? Take a nap, 
<laughs> get some extra rest. Go to bed a little earlier. When you, get, when you get hungry, what do you do about it? This is a big revelation right here. You ready? Eat something. That's what you do. But it's a different thing entirely. If you keep reading, what's the first part of verse 3 say? He restores my soul. It's another thing entirely. It's different when the soul gets tired. It's different when the soul gets hungry. And as the Lord leads us in this over these broadcasts, we'll talk about the longing soul. That's in the scripture. It's different. The physical body, when it gets tired, we talked about this. What do you do? Lay down and rest. When the soul gets tired, it's a different thing. Look at what uh, the New Testament says about this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. One of my favorite places in all of Scripture. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's read the first several verses of this chapter. It says, Therefore we also by faith, or I add that by faith, if you couple it with uh, Hebrews 11, talking about all these great heroes who did this by faith and did that by faith and by faith, by faith, by faith, this one right after the other. And you get to chapter 12, then it says, Therefore we also, we also what? We also by faith. What do we do by faith since we're, so, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses? Let us lay aside the weight, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. All of this you do by faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen to verse 3. For consider him. That means put your mind, put your eyes, put your heart on him. He already said it in the verse before, looking unto Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged. Where? Where? In your soul. It's possible to become weary, that word weary just meaning worn out, become discouraged in your soul. This is an interesting statement. If you couple it with what we're seeing in Psalm 23, the scripture said, He restores your soul. Well, if the, if the soul couldn't be depleted, if the soul couldn't be wearied and worn out, then there would be no reason for him to have to restore it, would there? But no, this is a big part of his ministry. This was a huge part of the ministry of Jesus, was the restoration of the soul. Now, we tend to make a very big deal about his, his miracle and healing ministry, and that is a big deal. That reveals to all men for all time the will of God that they be healed in their bodies. And people should not wonder, does God want me well? He wants you well. He wants you whole. He wants you strong. Jesus in his ministry was and is proof that it is God's will for you to be well and whole and that sickness and disease has no right in the life of a believer. Praise God. Jesus took stripes on his back and the chastisement needful to obtain your peace and mind was a upon him and by his stripes we were healed we are healed thank you lord but one of the reasons we tend to make such a big deal out of his healing and miracle ministry is because that's the part you can see 
We're always so enamored by what can be seen, by what can be felt. And, and we're so drawn to it. Miracle ministries, people even in the body of Christ now who are anointed to preach and teach healing and to see miracles in services. People flock by the thousands from, from miles around because they want to see that. They want to see it happen. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with that, but I am saying as natural people, we tend to magnify that for one reason. You can see it. You can feel it. But just as much a part of the ministry of Jesus as healing the physically sick was him healing the brokenhearted. That is sickness of the soul. And as a matter of fact, Jesus said it in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to the poor. What's the very next thing he said? To heal the brokenhearted. That's the restoring of the soul. And it says here in, in Hebrews chapter 12, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. The way that the number one way to have your soul restored and to be in a healthy condition is to just to get your eyes on Jesus. And Satan is a master of distraction. And what is a distraction? You're looking in one direction and something comes up over here and something comes up over here trying to pull you over this way, trying to get your focus over this way. And where there's distraction, there's a lack of peace. But the scripture says he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Your ability to lock your eyes on Jesus and refuse to look around and, and cater to the problem and magnify the, the lack and the need. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, He is able to keep your soul restored and healthy and strong. Amen? Amen. I want to go back to the book of Psalms. We were in Psalm 23, but look with me at the 119th Psalm. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it wouldn't hurt you if we did. So rich, so good. But I do want to pull out several verses of this 119th Psalm. And as you study this Psalm, you begin to see different, stra different strands, different threads, different themes all throughout it. And I believe what we're going to see here is one of the main themes of this Psalm. I'll read several verses to you. If you don't have your Bible, we'll put these on the screen. You can follow along with me. But in Psalm 119, look at verse 25. David said, my soul, talking about his soul, my soul clings to the dust. What's that mean? He's talking about there's something in me dying, clinging to the dust, the dust of the earth. David is just being honest here and recognize something on the inside. My soul is not well, it's not whole, it's not strong, it's dying. And people have limited their understanding of death as to the cessation of a heartbeat. Your heart quits beating, now you're dead. And that is a part of death, but death can get into your life way before your heart stops beating. People are dying on the inside. 
People's dreams are dying. People's relationships are dying. People die on the inside a long time before they die physically. And David is saying, my soul is not in good shape. It's clinging to the dust, trying to die. Notice what he says here, though. Revive me according to your word. Oh, man, I like that word. Revive me according to your word. You're going to see that word again. Look at it in verse 37. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me, he said, in your way. Verse 40, behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. How about verse 88? Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth. Are you starting to pick up on this theme? Revive me, he said. Psalm 119, 107, he said, I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Verse 149, hear my voice according to your loving kindness. O Lord, revive me according to your justice. 154, plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me. I hope you're saying this out loud with me now. Revive me according to your word. Verse 156, great are your tender mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to your judgments. 159, consider how I love your precepts. Say it out loud. Revive me. Why don't you just say it loud? Say it bold. Revive me. He said, revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindnesses. Do you pick up on this theme over and over? Revive me, revive me, revive me. When you see it in the King James Bible, it says, quicken me. That word quick, you want a really good definition for that word quick or quicken? Here's a good definition for it. Not dead. How do you like that? Not dead. Quicken me. Revive me. The word revive literally means to return to life. It means something was dead, but if it's revived, it has returned to life. It means to become active or flourishing again. David is talking about the condition of his soul in every one of these verses over and over and over. And he's coming to the Lord and he's saying, revive me, quicken me, bring me back to life again. I want to be flourishing again on the inside. You know, we, we talk about this word and it's a familiar word to especially church people, church brats, church rats like I was growing up in church. We talk a lot about revival and maybe you've heard about revival or you've studied revival or even been a part of revival. What, are, what is a revival in a, in, a, in a church, in a ministry? A revival usually starts as a, a service and the Spirit of God moves in and People get touched by God in a powerful way. And the next thing you know, people are in service again the next day and the next day and the next day. And sometimes these revivals stretch for days and weeks, months, or even years. But what is it at its heart? A revival is exactly what we just read. It is the coming to life again. You go back and look at it and time after time, it's in a church or a place where it had been dry It had been dead, so to speak. And because God's people prayed and they prayed the same thing, most likely that David's praying here, revive me, bring me back to life. 
There was enough room for him to move in and what once was dead was brought back to life. Once, what was once dry is now flourishing again. And that can happen. It's not just limited to some wild services in a church building. You can have your own soul revival. You can have that with nobody but you and Jesus. You can pray the same thing that David did. You might be going through some of the same things. He was going through trouble from people. He had people and pressure against him. And he said it, my soul, man, I am worn out on the inside, weary, discouraged. He said it in another place. He said, I would have lost heart. That's exactly what that word means. To, to be weary in the soul literally means to lose heart or to faint. And that's what David said. I would have fainted. I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You want to know how to have your own soul revival? You believe. This is where faith comes in. This is where you have to, you got to look at what you feel. You got to take account of it. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to be moved by what I feel. Soul, you're not ignoring the soul. You're healing the soul. You are coming before the Lord and you say, Father, let me be honest with you. I'm dying here. I am dead and dying on the inside. But I'm asking you, revive me according to your word. We've all seen it before. You watch these medical dramas or these medical movies and what happens, some guy, sure enough, he dies, he's, his heart stops and they grab, they grab those defibrillators. You know what I'm talking about? In the emergency room and they charge those things. I don't know what doing this does, but that's what they do every time. And they push those things against that dead man's chest and what do they yell? Clear, right? And all, all of a sudden this... This shock, I don't know what it is, a hundred or thousand volts, I have no idea, but it goes coursing through this guy's body. And with this jolt, <gasps> he comes back to life. What's just happened? He's been revived. He used to vive and then he died. And now he needs to be revived. That's what this word of God can do for you. As a matter of fact, I recommend you do it tonight as you lay in bed. Take the word of God Lie down on your bed and, and treat it like your own little defibrillator and just say, Lord, revive me. Revive me according to your word. Revive me according to your loving kindness. Revive me, Lord. And then spend time in his word. And the reason his word has the ability to bring life to you is because it's alive itself. His word is alive it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. That's what this word can do. It can bring life to you. You can have your own soul revival. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be weary and discouraged and down in your soul. And I wish that taking a nap could fix it. I wish that having a good meal could fix it. And you see that people try to do that. They call it emotional eating. But you have found out that no amount of food, no amount of drink, no alcohol, no drug 
can restore the soul. At very best, it can distract you. At very best, it can numb you. But guess what? That wears off and you need healing on the inside. You need a soul revival that only His Word can give you. So I recommend go through this 119th Psalm and look at every place He said, Revive me, O Lord, according to Your Word, according to Your loving kindness, and watch His Word go to work in your life, restoring you from the inside out. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.